Hello again, wrestling fans, and welcome to another edition of the Scumbags Wrestling Podcast. This is episode number 123, so thank you for joining us. We are live right now on Twitch, YouTube, and on Facebook. So if you're joining us, feel free to add a comment, and we'll uh, add them up, put them up there. You can be part of the discussion. If you'd like to be part of tonight's show, just send me a message as well, and I can get you in there, and we'll... uh, have you join us live but uh if you're not with us live you're listening to us uh on delay on stitcher spotify youtube wherever you get your podcast from either way thank you for joining us on this uh, episode going to run down some news for uh, the wrestling give a little bit of a look back at uh, last night's AEW dynamite show and last week's draft that happened on friday and monday and then we'll uh, also uh, see Jonesy with This Week in History. And speaking of Jonesy, he still has a little bit of uh, technical issues like he did last night uh, for a Fantasy Warfare Tournament. So he's just a little circled today still. Jonesy, you're Niagara. How are you today? Well, besides uh, my phone tomorrow is going to have a long day of um, you know reformatting and whatnot. But my phone is like, I think, six years old now. So, you know, <sighs> maybe time for an upgrade. You know, I hope I'm okay because I'm a little nervous not being shown on camera. So, uh, you know, I don't know. You might hear it in my voice. Maybe. So, yeah, I'm just uh, switching to the proper uh, things for banners uh, so I can get the right things scrolling across the bottom. But, uh, yeah, uh, this week in wrestling, starting off with uh, over 15 uh, superstars were missing from the draft. I'm going to uh, look at the draft uh, in a little bit, as I said. Got some graphics to show where people went all over the place. But, uh, yeah, there was only 60 people-ish that were put into the two pools on Monday and Friday. They split up the uh roster and said only these guys were available for that day and these ones are available for monday but missing from that list were guys like john cena Uh, of course he's uh part-timer coming and going becky lynch obviously off uh pregnant but uh seth rollins is over on smackdown now so most likely she'll end up over there when she is available to come back unless he's back over on raw before that time goldberg he comes and goes. I guess it doesn't matter where he is. Big Show, we just last saw him on uh, Raw getting uh, beat up with the lights out and Randy Orton wearing those welder's glasses or night vision goggles. Edge still uh, doing some uh, rehab for his torn triceps. Samoa Joe out with a concussion but doing commentary for Raw. There was the Forgotten Sons, and they're still forgotten, especially after... I believe uh, Riker was that made some uh, interesting comments, uh, socially unacceptable, I guess. Um, So people were not down with that. And so their whole team, Forgotten Sons, has been uh, taken out. Sonya Deville, who's out uh, since their I Quit match and loser leaves at SummerSlam. Jinder Mahal, he's out with an injury. Bo Dallas, where people were hoping he was going back to NXT, but that didn't even happen. There's also the Singh brothers who are stuck in Canada. Um, Mojo Riley for no reason. He was not included. 
Uh, Jimmy Uso, who's out, but Jay was in the uh, pool, staying on SmackDown. Ivar, same with Eric. Eric was in, but Ivar was out. Both are out with injuries, and there was nobody from NXT. Samoa Joe, I mentioned a while ago, a moment ago, just uh, is doing commentary for Raw, but he says that he is not done with his in-ring career. He is having fun, though, uh, doing commentary and uh, seeing other options. And one of those options is also doing voiceover work for Warner Brothers, which when I heard about that made me think, is he one of the uh, voices going to be part of the, I think there's supposed to be a new Space Jam movie uh, being done. And that, that would definitely be Warner Brothers. So he could be a part of that if that's happening. Then there was news also that Candy Cartwright... Um, she came out uh, when everything was going on with the speaking, and she talked about her relationship with Matt Riddle and uh, basically was calling him out for uh, things that happened in their relationship. He openly admitted he cheated on his wife with her, but just certain uh, things were said that he uh, possibly did, but he's denying it. And she's now filed a lawsuit for $10 million or more than $10 million towards Matt Riddle, Evolve, Gabe Sapolsky, and WWE for emotional distress, uh, how it affected her career, attorney fees, and stuff like that. Because I guess after the stuff with Matt, she lost bookings with... Um, WD and Evolve, but she was actually with Evolve until their last show, and WD or somebody from WD did send her a message saying that due to uh, issues with another wrestler, her working for them might not be a best option. So she might have a leg to stand on there, but I don't think she's going to get $10 million from all four of these uh, outlets that she's trying to pub uh, sue. And currently, WWE yeah, says that they haven't received any paperwork uh, from any lawyers, but are ready and willing to defend themselves if that comes up. So before I continue on, Jonesy, any thoughts on that? Well, you know, I, I would I would definitely like to talk to a lawyer for, you know, a company like WWE. That must be uh, quite fun and uh interesting all at the same time and yeah 10 million you know you shoot high so you can get you know some some pocket change yeah well they do have jerry mcdermott uh or mcdivitt should i say um and he's definitely been on the payroll events for a long time with all the legal actions that he's had to deal with over the years so uh she's gonna have a hard time uh, proving anything i think um continue on aew is trying to blame wde for their recent outbreak of covid uh citing issues of wde and nxt talent hanging out with their talent because of the cross relationships such as the hardy brothers uh there's adam cole and Britt baker uh a whole bunch of different inner relationships lana and rusev or miro but it goes both ways just because they might get it. You know, 
if you're worried that much, stop your talent from uh, mingling, uh, even though it is family that are having problems, or just deal with it as it comes along. More legal news. Alberto Del Rio could uh, face life in prison. He was uh, charged in May with uh, forcing himself on a woman and attacked her, uh, even including kidnapping and stuff like that. He was indicted uh, by the grand jury in Texas and will be going to uh, trial on January 25th of next year, 2021. Uh, he could serve anywhere from five to 99 years in jail, get $10,000 fine, com combination of all of it. But uh, yeah, if he's found guilty with kidnapping, it's not looking good. And I would hope that nobody else decides to book this guy. He has been nothing but trouble for the last years, uh, caused issues with Paige. Um, there's a lot of more details and full story that can be found. Uh, through the PW Insider uh, website. Just a lot of disturbing stuff that's uh, involved with this arrest and the charges. Uh, just really not the greatest guy in the world. Uh, Lars Sullivan is back on WDTV. I uh, saw him attack uh, people on Friday night and Monday night and has been officially drafted over to SmackDown. But he was off uh, for a while due to injury. And then stuff came out about him doing uh, some gay slurs towards uh, bodybuilders. And then it came out that he did some gay porn. And all that, I guess, got figured out and he's been brought back. And just after he's been brought back, more things are surfacing that he was harassing a married woman who was a yoga instructor asking for booty shots and just being very inappropriate. I don't know if this guy needs to be around or not. Um, any thoughts on that before I continue, Chris? Or on either uh, some, men, some men and women out there are just uh, pigs, and they have trouble adjusting to today's society, which is the locker room talk and smack and stuff like that towards the opposite sex is, is just not tolerated anymore yeah it's kind of crazy even uh the stuff with del rio uh like i said i hope nobody ends up booking him ever again uh especially oh, if I, I do hope someone books him again uh the the mexican prison uh, wrestling league i'm sure is quite thrilled that he will be joining the ranks soon well down in texas you never know so yeah uh Paige is claiming that she's feeling better after uh her various surgeries and screws and plates put in her neck and she even tweeted a photo uh showing the neck brace that she had to wear for a while uh but as also basically said she's ready put her in coach she's ready to go Britt baker saw this and even challenged uh page to a match saying let's wrestle of course that's not going to happen since page is still under contract to wde and Britt Baker works for AEW, but if they ever get a chance to uh, be in the same company, might be a good match to uh, see. Uh, Jericho posted a, a tweet and later deleted it, uh, saying stuff about Jim Cornette, because Jim Cornette is always uh, against what AEW is doing because of the lack of logic and uh, even the embarrassment that Chris Jericho is doing 
uh, working with certain people and in Cornette's mind, just taking a paycheck and not caring about what's going on type deal. He's getting to just have fun instead of being serious and getting paid for it. So he's almost like ripping off Tony Khan in uh, Cornette's opinion. But uh, Jericho said that basically if uh, Cornette would just stop bashing him and bashing AEW, he'd probably have a... And that tweet did get deleted. I think Dave Meltzer got involved as well instead of just letting it be between Cornette and uh, Jericho. But Cornette did respond on his uh, recent podcast, the uh, drive-thru, uh, when he was asked about it, and said that he does not want a job with AEW. There's not enough money to uh, pay him to work for AEW. And because of that, he feels that he can be honest with the fans on his opinion instead of sugarcoating stuff and just nodding and being a yes person for money. Um, so I don't see that changing anytime soon. Cornette is very opinionated. I know Cornette's not really your, uh, cup of tea for listening to podcasts, but I know Steven is, he's part of the, uh, cult of Cornette. I think Cornette is intelligent, especially when it comes to the inner workings of wrestling, but, uh, he's just. He comes across as an immature potty mouth. Yeah, I get that. Uh, I haven't noticed as much on the drive-thru as on the experience, but uh, yeah, he has two different uh, podcasts that you can listen to. Uh, speaking of podcasts, I think I just saw also uh, Tony Schiavone had posted that um, Gerald Briscoe and Medusa were coming to ad-free shows uh, family, which is uh, Conrad Thompson's uh, group of podcasters, along with Arn Anderson, uh, Eric Bischoff, Tony Schiavone himself, uh, Jim Ross, and uh, Bruce Pritchard. So I guess you'll hear more stories and everything from Medusa and from Gerald Briscoe with a lot of wrestling uh, history between those two in their separate shows that they're going to have. Uh, recent uh, Dark Parlor Originals uh, held a virtual meet-and-greet, uh, well, they were supposed to, should I say, with Scott Hall, and it had to be ended before it could even start because Hall uh, was not in a good place, uh, showed up intoxicated and just really bad. Uh, fans have reached out to WWE and Triple H hoping that uh, they'll get Scott some help. Dark Parlor uh, could not even go live, as I said, but they said that uh, if fans still wanted to buy merchandise from Scott Hall, they could get it signed by Scott or by Razor Ramon, whichever version they wanted. Unfortunately, due to stuff going on, he would not be personally signing stuff. So just in general, I hope that Scott figures things out because as much as we've seen him at the uh, accountability house and stuff like that with uh, DDP, it doesn't seem to be working, and uh, something has to give before he ends up being one of those stats where we're opening the show saying, rest in peace, Scott Hall. Um, it always amazes me that each time another superstar passes away that we're not talking about somebody like Jake Roberts or Scott Hall. 
So thankfully, it looks like Jake seems to be in a good place working with AEW and being back at the accountability house. But someone's got to give with Scott for sure. Uh, WD is going to be staying in the uh, the Thunderdome, uh, the Amway Center in Florida, for another month. They were supposed to be done at the end of this month, and that's why they moved uh, Hell and Cell from November 1st to the 25th, uh, expecting to be gone. But they're going to stay there another month. It looks like they might even uh, be there until January, but nothing's been officially announced on that front. But, you know, of course, Vince McMahon is thinking of other ways of where he can go or getting people into the uh, buildings because he wants live fans like they do a bit at the uh, Capitol Wrestling uh, Center. But until they can get to that stage, they're better off in the Thunderdome. Plus, it's not being used the Amway Center is for any other sports, so they might as well get some money that way. So it's a win-win for both sides, but I know uh, eventually Vince will get his way. And since they're in Florida where things seem to be carte blanche, it'll happen. Finn Balor had surgery uh, on Friday uh, for his broken jaw. It was broken in two places uh, after his match with Kyle O'Reilly. I believe it was on his uh, left side. Broken uh, two spots, had uh, to get a tooth removed. Uh, also some plates and screws. But it doesn't look like they're going to take the title off him anytime soon because he could be healed within six to eight weeks. He obviously won't be part of Halloween Havoc, which is going to be on uh, October 28th, I believe it is, uh, part of NXT. They're even bringing back the spin the wheel and make a deal. And Shotzi Blackheart is going to be one of the, uh, or be the host, of the uh, show. Hopefully uh, they bring back more things that reminisce the old um, WCW style of Halloween Havoc, the big pumpkin, the demon over top, part of the entranceway, because they did that uh, for um, In Your House and brought out the old stuff that way when they did In Your House for NXT TakeOver. Um, good for nostalgia and definitely using property that you own since WCW went down. Um, also there's uh, talk about season three for, uh, the dark side of the ring. It got a lot of popularity after season two, especially with Benoit and, uh, Owen Hart stories. And so even though nothing's officially been announced, let's talk that, uh, interviews have been uh, already done. Eric Bischoff had mentioned about doing some on 83 weeks and, some of the topics look like they're going to involve Grizzly Smith and or more members of his family, such as Rockin' Robin, uh, Sam Houston, and his other son, Jake the Snake Roberts. So there's a lot of avenues you can go with the creepiness of uh, Grizzly Smith, which a lot of people heard in uh, the movie uh, Beyond the Mat when Jake visited his dad. And there's also just Jake Roberts uh, in general himself. Uh, mixing everything from uh, Beyond the Mat and also the resurrection of Jake and doing their own spin on it. Plus, there's, uh, I think there, I heard a 
maybe a show involving the WCW and uh, Japan show that happened. There was a lot of controversy going on back there in the 90s, and also a Brian Pillman show. Um, so knowing more of the back history of wrestling uh, compared to the newer stuff, Chris, what uh, sort of topics do you think you'd like to see tackled in Dark Side of the Ring? Oh, hell. Uh, <laughs> well, the ones I would have thought of, you already said. Uh, I'm trying to think of ones that haven't been mentioned that are that would be big. Uh, you know what? I, at this moment, I, I don't know. I, can't, I couldn't tell you. Well, I think one that has not been talked about that uh, they didn't do in the first two seasons that would be good to add to uh, maybe a season three is the uh, steroids uh, scandal. Uh, yeah. Ran was yeah. definitely facing a lot of problems with the government back in 93, 94. Uh, brought in Jerry Jarrett to be his replacement uh, to keep the company going if all hell broke loose and he did have to go to jail. Uh, so he's getting his ducks uh, lined up in that way. That uh, was a huge downward time for uh, wrestling. Hogan had left uh, WWE. I eventually went to WCW at that time, uh, separating himself from everything involving Vince. So there was a lot of story that could be tackled if they decided to do uh, the steroid scandal. Yeah, and maybe the sexual allegations that... Um... I think it was B. Brian Blair and um, a bunch of them uh, had against the WWF, which uh, you can actually find on YouTube. Uh, it's a two-parter uh, of Donahue show with Vince McMahon on there defending uh, the WWE. Yeah, and even uh, Dave Meltzer was, I believe, sitting either right beside Vince or a couple chairs down. Uh, yeah, Barry who was a part of it, which is Randy Orton's uncle, Barry Orton. Um, it was involving uh, one of the ring announcers, and somehow also Pat Patterson got uh, dragged into that uh, due to his uh, sexual orientation. Uh, so, yeah, those are definitely two stories that could be done uh, that are on the same line as what they did last season with uh, even Dr. David Schultz doing the hit of uh, John Stossel's and stuff like that. So. We'll have to wait and see what happens with uh, season three and what's uh, to come with that. Eva Marie is set to return apparently to WWE. She really wasn't that productive the last time she was there. So who knows if she's gotten any better. She had been on uh, a celebrity version of uh, Big Brother about two summers ago. And there's also talk that Melina will be coming back even though she said no, but yeah, who knows and where they're going to go is beyond me on that one. Natalia ended up getting a tooth knocked out again, uh, but this time it was on her right side, I think right behind her canine uh, tooth, a molar there, and uh, it was knocked out by Lacey Evans during their uh, Battle Royal this past Monday for number one contendership. Andrade was not drafted uh, at all during the two nights. Vince McMahon has given up on him, has no interest in him. He's the fiance of Charlotte Flair, but he didn't get drafted anywhere. He was, I guess, a project of 
Paul Heyman's, but with Heyman out of um, power of anything uh, constructive in WWE, he Andrade is being lost in the shuffle. And I guess it's going to take some time off to get surgery, but where he lands after that could be back still on Raw or could go down to NXT where at least somebody like Triple H still likes him. But that looks like he'll be off TV for about a month. And Selena Vega could probably end up over on SmackDown. I don't recall her being drafted either, but her husband, Aleister Black, was uh, drafted over SmackDown. And WD does a lot to keep their couples together, even though right now they're in Florida. And it wouldn't matter that one member of the couple went to work on a Monday and the other one went to work to, on a Friday. They're still hanging out and not traveling on separate uh, groups, but it does still keep them, I guess, separated raw and SmackDown. If they can keep uh, couples together in that uh, regards and especially during COVID trying to keep things clean and healthy. So that's basically a lot of the news that's happening this week. I'm regretting not having any water or a co-host like Steven that uh, can add stuff to this, but that's okay. Um, Just looking ahead to uh, upcoming events, Impact Wrestling is doing Bound for Glory on October 24th. Next week, going to do a rundown of their uh, matches, do uh, predictions, and it's going to be a double prediction show because... Bound for Glory is doing their show on the Saturday, and on Sunday is going to be Hell in a Cell from WWE. But right now, uh, the card for Bound for Glory looks like a Collier Shot Gauntlet match with the winner uh, getting to choose a title opportunity uh, challenge of their uh, choosing. Eddie Edwards is going to take on Ken Shamrock. EC3 against Moose. There's going to be a six-way X-Division intergender uh, match featuring uh, Rohit Roju defending against Chris Bay, Jordan Grace, Trey Miguel, TJP, and Willie Mack. There's going to be a four-way tag team title uh, match with Morissette Machine Guns defending against the Good Brothers, the North, and the tag team of Ace Austin and Madman Fulton. The Knockouts Division uh, title will be on the line as Diona Perrazzo defends against Kylie Ray, and the Impact World Championship will be on the line as Eric Young defends against Rich Swan. As I said, that's happening on October 24th. I believe it will be available through the Impact app and also Fight TV, plus maybe where you also get your pay-per-views from uh, your satellite or cable provider. And then the next day on the 25th on the WDE network, there's going to be Hell in a Cell. As I said, currently only three matches have been announced, and all three of them are going to be in the cell. I'm wondering if the Amway Center cannot allow the uh, structure to raise up and down, and we might see, like Impact Wrestling does with Lockdown, um, every match in the cell this time, but definitely three matches that have been announced will be in the cell. That'll be the first ever I Quit match in a cell uh, with Roman Reigns defending the Universal title against Jay Uso. Drew McIntyre is going to defend the WWE title against Randy Orton. 
and Bailey's going to defend her SmackDown Women's Championship against Sasha Banks. So hopefully next week we'll be seeing more matches added before uh, that pay-per-view, which is a week from this Sunday. And yeah, that's uh, what's going on with upcoming events. Of course, last night was AEW's one-year anniversary show. Uh, Chris, you said you saw some of it? I sure did. I seen a little bit of it. I seen the opening uh, match there, the tag team match, which uh, was pretty decent. Uh, and then I seen uh, the Jericho uh, in the ring there. And you know what? That segment, I'd rather see people wrestle. <laughs> Yeah, sometimes they don't do the best of their segments. Um, also, it was revealed because Matt Hardy was with his family uh, at ringside, and Tony Giovanni asked how he was and said he was uh, nearly perfect and ready to come back. And then um, a video started, and pictures of Matt Hardy were being burned with a Zippo and by a guy in a hoodie, and he basically uh, turned around and almost did the whole thing. Uh, like Vince McMahon said, it was me, uh, Matt Hardy, who took him out a couple weeks earlier at a show that he shouldn't even been at. But he was uh, backstage with Private Party and was attacked from behind. And uh, Sammy Guevara uh, is still wanting to continue his feud with Matt Hardy, even after a disastrous fall that happened at their last pay-per-view, which... They're still willing to go and try and do more with them together. And each time these guys have gone into the ring against each other, somebody's getting hurt, whether set up or not, uh, because even Guevara threw a chair at Matt Hardy on a dynamite and nearly took his head off and cut him open. But they're going to continue their thing probably at full uh, next month. There was also uh, Sheeta defended against Big Swole and retained her title. Uh, as you said, the tag team title uh, match saw uh, FTR defeat Best Friends, and they ended up uh, running into Miro's, uh, or sorry, Kip Sabian's video game. And um, Penelope Ford went and got Miro afterwards, and because the game got destroyed, and he destroyed Best Friends after their match. So I look to see those teams go against each other eventually. Just kind of a waste with uh, Miro still. More of a comedy angle, even though he was brutal. Did a really bad uh, uh, camel clutch. Uh, the accolade, uh, just really bad. They, I think possibly one of the better things was the TNT title match with Orange Cassidy. They went to a draw with Cody in Orange. Um, they telegraphed that whole thing to the last second of referee about to come down and the bell rang. Um, it's definitely a different way than WWE always does with 50-50 booking and uh, people interfering or disqualifications happening so that neither of them look bad. So they still made Orange Cassidy look uh, strong. But Darby Allen will be challenging Cody at full gear for the TNT Championship. And then uh, John Moxley ended up uh, winning his match over Lance Archer, but then got taken out by Eddie Kingston, uh, who was uh, beating him up, and the Lucha Brothers held off authority from uh, stopping it. 
And then really bad segment also involving tag team titles was that they had a drum and they just randomly drew four uh, teams. And magically the fourth team was uh, the Young Bucks. And the winner of that four-way is going to go against FTR at the pay-per-view. It's almost telegraphing that it's going to be uh, the Young Bucks unless they pull something out of their ass and uh, get the Young Bucks not winning that and frustrate them even more and extend the Young Bucks and FTR feud into the new year. But, yeah. And they're also doing a title, uh, sorry, a tournament, which is probably going to lead to Paige and Omega in the finals at the uh, Full Gear pay-per-view as well. So they do a lot of telegraphing in their things. And for it being an anniversary show, I mentioned it on Facebook when somebody else had uh, posted about the show. AEW, I find, has a problem with celebrations. They make a big deal out of, oh, this is going to be a great show and we're celebrating this. And then it's a dud. Last week, they did it with Chris Jericho's uh, 30th anniversary. Other than having vignettes, the final match with Jericho and Dr. Luther and all oh, that was horrible. That was not a way to celebrate Chris Jericho's 30 years in wrestling. And then this was their one-year anniversary show. You wouldn't have known it had they not said it because there was nothing there to basically acknowledge and celebrate one year of being in business. No um, balloon drop? No balloon drops, no fanfare, no nothing. Uh, in a picture-in-picture, picture, they showed some highlights, but I don't even think we got the picture-in-picture picture on TSN uh, here in Canada. So, yay, where were the highlights? You know, there was nothing whoop de doo about a one-year anniversary. So that's my thoughts on AEW, unfortunately. If you'd like to uh, su submit any comments, contact me on our Facebook page. But, yeah, I just didn't get the feeling that this was a momentous night. So, before we head off to the this week in wrestling, this past week, WWE did their draft. And the first night, they had uh, people separated. I'm going to get that banner done. And this was the group in the Friday pool that could be uh, looked at uh, and be chosen between the two uh, brands. And during the show, they did uh, four rounds of drafting. So Raw ended up getting Drew McIntyre, who was already there, Asuka, and the Hurt Business. Everybody was basically drafted and kept to their show. So I don't get that factor. AJ Styles moved over from SmackDown to Raw. Naomi moved over. Uh, Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax were still on Raw. Ricochet stayed. Mandy Rose stayed because she just uh, was sent over there a couple weeks earlier. Miz and Morrison uh, got traded and moved uh, shows. So did Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston. Just after they ended up winning the SmackDown tag team titles, they got drafted to Raw, so they took the titles over that way. Dana Brooke had already gone over to uh, Raw a couple of weeks earlier, and Angel Garza ends up staying on Raw. SmackDown ended up keeping Roman Reigns, getting Seth Rollins, so that was almost an exchange for AJ Styles uh, for a main event level. They kept Sasha Banks. They ended up picking up uh, Bianca Belair. 
Jay Uso stayed. Dominic and uh, Rey Mysterio, they ended up coming over to SmackDown. So all that story with Seth Rollins uh, is just moving from Monday night to Friday because in the uh, Smack Talk show the next morning, Buddy Murphy even got moved over as well. So that whole story with the, them, as I said, just basically switched days. Big E is staying on SmackDown, but he's separated from Woods and Kingston. And run and Otis, who still has the money in the bank, and they're still trying to get that off him somehow. He got separated from his uh, tag team partner, Tucker. So heavy machinery is done for at the moment as well. Any th uh, thoughts on some of the separations there, Chris? Absolutely not. Because, um, and, and you know, I, the thoughts I have on that is that's one of the reasons why. I kind of stopped watching WWE is the silly draft. I, you know, I know it's a make-believe world and all that stuff, but when, when they bring in like football stuff into it, I just shake my head. I know it's another avenue for storylines and all that, but when you have switches where conveniently all these people that are involved in the same storyline go over to the other show, it's silly. It's silly. And I can, uh, do without it. That's why I don't watch it. Uh, it's just absolutely, uh, um, it, you know, whatever happened to just the good old days, I don't like you and I'm going to bitch smack you around the ring. In, yeah. You know, well, all different shows and stuff like that. It's just, there's too much damn wrestling out there to give a crap about storyline. Yeah. And the, also the other issue is like, I can see separating some teams like that and, Making uh, getting them a uh, sort of a reset to be able to go somewhere, but when a whole story goes from Monday to Friday, it's a little bit too convenient. It would be nice if they were separated and each of them get a reset and get go on a different path type deal. Um, but yeah, some of it was a little too telegraphed, uh, in that regards. But also, when they end up sending people like Mandy and Dana over before the draft actually happened for no apparent reason that kind of didn't make sense. And then why did people have to draft their own people back? Like the exchanges should have only been, Hey, you know, we're going to take this person from this brand over to there and not have to go, Oh, well we want to keep this guy. So it was kind of weird in that regards. And I don't think unless they actually keep two these brands and not intermixing and oh this guy can go over for no apparent reason it's not going to be taken seriously either because then you don't have to wait for those dream matches for a year or two years before somebody gets to encounter somebody on the other brand but looking at what happened on monday there was a lot bigger group Available for Monday, they had uh, three hours of drafting to end up doing with a seventh round happening on uh, Raw Talk after the show ended. But looking at some of the uh, trades that happened there, uh, round one saw Bailey staying uh, over on SmackDown, the Street Profits uh, switching over to uh, SmackDown. So they ended up having both uh, Kofi and Xavier of New Day just trade titles 
with the street prophets and sent them on their way. So the title lineage is totally messed up now because forever, whatever the SmackDown version is, is now jumped over to the Raw lineage and vice versa uh, just so they can keep their titles on there because I certainly hope that they're not counting that as a title change. Uh, and now they're another first-time SmackDown champion and stuff like that. Like, just ridiculous. Uh, the Fiend moved over to uh, Raw. Randy Orton is staying on Raw, and Charlotte is staying on Raw. Round two saw Dana Bryan stay on uh, SmackDown, but bringing Kevin Owens over. Braun Strowman got sent from SmackDown over to uh, Raw, along with Matt Riddle and Jeff Hardy. All three of them uh, switched brands. Lars Sullivan has finally got a, a place on SmackDown. Corbin is staying there. Retribution is staying on Raw. Destroyed them and everything. Yeah, craziness. Uh, Keith Lee's staying there. Alexa Bliss moved over, and that made sense since she's with The Fiend and doing a uh, thing with her with him. Also, uh, in round four, saw Sami Zayn, the Intercontinental Champion, drafted really late in the uh, proceedings for a champion to be still up for grabs. Cesaro and Nakamura are staying as well. Elias got a home in Raw. Lacey Evans moved from SmackDown over to Raw. Sheamus uh, moved from SmackDown to Raw. Ziggler and Rude uh, moved back from Raw to SmackDown, even though they just went went from SmackDown to Raw. Apollo Crews uh, moved from Raw to over to SmackDown. Nikki Cross moved from SmackDown to Raw. And Double Kato and R-Truth are staying put. Then Carmilla is staying where she is. Alistair Black uh, moved from Raw over to SmackDown. Titus O'Neil is staying at uh, Raw. So is Peyton Royce and Akira Tozawa. So there's still a few uh, people missing, uh, but we'll see where they end up uh, going, I guess, over the next couple weeks. But with any luck, they will uh, be able to reset. But I'm not sure either on that one because next month is the Survivor Series and it's supposed to be brand supremacy, brand versus brand. And how do you just get traded to a different brand and be loyal to them? We'll have to see how that uh, plays out. Hey, 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 don't make sense. I know, I know, it's hard to do. But that concludes everything on the news and reviewing of the draft for this uh, year. Jonesy, I'm going to turn it over to you now for this week in wrestling. All right, here we are with this week in wrestling. Uh, this is October 9th till the 15th, and here we go. Uh, 38 years ago today in Chicago, Nick Bockwinkle defeated Otons to win the AA World Heavyweight Championship. Uh, Nick would hold the title for the next 501 days before being defeated in Japan by this man, uh, Jumbo Tsurata. Uh, uh, Ooh, that was that was a, a hard one to say. Uh, 19 today at a SmackDown taping in Moline, Illinois, being Billy Kidman defeated X-Pac to win the WCW Cruiserweight Championship. Uh, 18 years ago at an NWA TNA weekly pay-per-view taping in Nashville, Tennessee, 
six-pack defeats Kid Cash, Tony Maluk, Ace Steel, AJ Styles, Jose Maximo, and Joel Maximo in a ladder match to win this belt. And that was the TNA X Division Championship. Um, we've got 16 years ago today in Tokyo, Japan, uh, Kenzuke Sasaki did Karazuki Fergia uh, to win the IWGP Heavyweight Championship uh, 14 years ago today. Impact taping at Universal Orlando. Um, former WWE champion made his TNA debut, and that was Kurt Angle, and he got a stare down with Samoa Joe. Nine years ago today, Triple A presented Heroes Mortals 5 from uh, Mexico. The show was the fifth annual Antonio Pena Memorial Show that was dedicated to the founder of A. And it's a happy 39th birthday to Daniel Pewter. You remember his. He has gained the fame in 2004 during the Million Dollar Tough Enough and putting uh, Kurt Angle in this type of submission move. One got that? That was the Kamora Lock. Uh, and it's a happy 45th to Michael Stephen Mana, best known to wrestling fans as Stevie Richards. Uh, the well-traveled Philadelphian has wrestled for every major organization and a few notable independents in the country. Most notably, ECWWWF-ETNA, Shakira, and Ring of Honor. Uh, Richard held the WWF-E Hardcore Champion this many times, and only Crash Holly, uh, who had two, and Raven had 27. Uh, and uh, the, the number that Richards had was 21 times he was the hardcore champion. Uh, and we're going on to... Not as many as our truth No, not as many as our truth Not at all. Okay, here we go. Uh, so October 10th, 21 years ago today, here is a wrestling featured wrestling stars from the 80s and 90s from the Casino Magic Complex in Bay St. Louis, Mississippi. About 2,300 were in attendance, with just 29,000 homes watching on pay-per-view. Uh, they actually needed 40,000 pay-per-view buys were needed to break even. Uh, rumor has it that Stone, the promoter, was so scared by his experience at the event, he was booking his flight out of Mississippi before the show ended. And for anyone that watched this, well, ha <laughs> ha. Um, the show featured terrible matches. However, I do believe the build-up in the Blanchard Stan Lane match was passable, uh, especially the the attack. I think it was at a limo or whatever before it, the build-up was pretty good. Um, and then after that, it went to shit. Uh, we had a duel with Butcher and the One Man Gang who fought to a double countout. Uh, but fans did get their money's worth with the main event. Uh, it had the Jim Nighthart in King Bundy, defeating Jake Roberts and Yokozuna. The match started as Roberts versus Nightheart, but Bundy and Yokozuna, who were advertised for in the singles bout, joined it because, well, Jake was kind of fucked out of his mind and uh, he treated the crowd to a sex show with the snake. Uh, it was entertaining, but a sad entertaining. And I do remember 
Sherry Martell was also there, and I think she was pretty drunk at that time as well. Um, rest all their souls. Uh, 14 years ago today, um, uh, Dion, oh man, Dion Nicola uh, Castinolenos, I tr man, I did practice this, but uh, Torres um, Psychosis was arrested after allegedly stealing a car from a 23-year-old man in Baja, California. He used a toy gun to steal the car, got it in a high-speed chase, hit vehicles, including one with a pregnant 18-year-old uh, woman in it. Um, Taurus would be released from WWE shortly after the incidents. Way to go, psychosis. Uh, and today would have been the 74th birthday of Martin Austin Ruane, um, a.k.a. Oh, no, I, you know, I, I know I said that. Uh, Benawani. Thank you. Um, it should have an incentive a goo on the damn thing. Uh, anyways, that's Giant Haystacks, uh, which is no relation to Haystacks Calhoun, though he was named after him. Uh, he was born 14 pounds and 6 ounces, uh, ounces in uh, Camberwell, England. He worked as a laborer in nightclub bounce before trained at wrestling at the suggestion of a friend, um, beginning his career on the British wrestling circuit in 67. Uh, uh, he did form a tag team with Shirley Big Daddy Crabtree, uh, and he was 169 kilograms in 75. His future feud with Big Daddy would draw high ratings for the ITV in Britain. Haystacks refused to wrestle on Sundays due to being a devoted Roman Catholic. Boy, years later, that wouldn't work for him for pay-per-views. Um, he stood at 6'11 and weighed 685 pounds at his heaviest. Uh, he would wrestle also for Stampede Wrestling in Canada, the Catch Wrestling Association in Germany and Australia, and uh, World Championship Wrestling in the United States as... Anyone no fill in the blank? No idea. Really? He was Loch Ness. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, he was uh, a return to England. Uh, or he re was returned. He briefly uh, was a member of the Dungeon of Doom, uh, but following a cancer diagnosis, uh, he returned to England and lived out the remainder of his days there. After a lengthy battle with cancer, uh, he would die in his home in Pretswich, England, on November 29th, 98. He was 52. Uh, giant Haystacks was 310 kilograms and viscera from wwe uh he weighed 221 kilograms so it gives you like that giant haystacks was one big freaking guy uh so let's move on over to october 11 and we got 43 years ago today in memphis tennessee bill dundee and jerry lawler won the awa tag belts defeating soldat Ustinov and doug summers who was substituting for this guy who was billed from the soviet union even though he is american and left for the wwf do you have an idea who that might have been no no that's okay boris zukov Boris, who we're, yeah, it's who we're talking about. Um, forty-two years. Ah, geez, my my uh, uh, little fire here just fell. There we go. 
21 years ago in Tokyo, Japan, Jusen uh, Thunder Liger defeated Kendo Kashin to win the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship for the 10th time. Uh, 13 years ago today, WWE releases uh, Teddy Hart from his developmental contract. 10 years ago at a SmackDown taping in Dallas, uh, Randy Orton uh, wins a 41-man battle royal to earn the WWE Championship later in the show. Randy Orton defeated Mark Henry um, via disqualification in the show's main event. And it's a happy 32nd birthday to Trevor Mann, now in the WWE as Ricochet. Uh, he has worked as uh, Helios in Shakira and Lucha Underground, uh, first champion winning the Aztec Cup. Um, the question is, what name did Trevor Mann go under in Lucha Underground? Prince Puma. Excellent. And you know, I, I seen him as Prince Puma before I seen him as... Um, uh, yeah, Ricochet, that guy. Um, so, moving on to October 12th, 34 years ago today in Dallas, Texas, Kevin Von Eric defeated Black Bart to win the WCCW World Heavyweight Championship. 31 years ago today, James Coco Beer and WWF executive Jim Troy were involved in a physical altercation while on their European tour. Uh, where was fired immediately following the altercation, which saw him tackle Troy through a plate glass window. Later was found that Troy was the instigator after he used racial slurs during an argument. Uh, Troy would eventually resign from the company and James was rehired. My question on that was, um, who did the executive um, insult? Was it Coco Beware or was it the bird? I, I just wonder. You know, yeah. the, the story doesn't say that maybe... The bird well, racial slurs. So I'm gonna say Coco. Probably Coco, but you know, some 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 uh, birds, especially parrots. There's some uh, nasty things. You can... uh, 28 years ago today in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, uh, Canada, Bret Hart defeated Ric Flair to win the WWF Championship. Uh, Hart was the first man to win the WWF top prize at an untelevised event uh, since Hogan did it in 1984. It would happen again when Diesel did it in 94. Uh, 22 years ago today on Nitro in Chicago, Sting in the Warrior defeated Bret Hart and Hollywood Hogan via disqualification. Uh, this would be Warrior's last televised match ever. He would wrestle one more classic in WCW, that being the infamous Hogan-Warrior rematch at Halloween Havoc a couple of weeks later. Um, what do you remember about that tail? Terrible, Sean. Oh, gee, you know, the flash paper, the stupid uh, Hogan seeing uh, Warrior in the mirror, but nobody else did. Yeah, horrible. You know what? Oh, and let's not forget that, the 25 minute uh, ranting of Warrior on his debut. Oh, yes. Um, you know, I. I Though the match was terrible, I I, I like the cheesiness of Warrior being in the mirror. I thought that was, you know, that's WCW's touch. Uh, you know, Dungeon of Doom. I remember when I think um, uh, Paul Warren was seeing things in the uh, mirror well at one point in WCW. So it, it was kind of their thing. They did things a little, little USA campiness. And uh, 
Sometimes it was funny. Other times it was just bad. Uh, da -da -da -da. I'm just looking to see where I am. I must have just switched. Yes, that's what it is. So here we go. Uh, 16 years ago today at a TNA Impact taping in Canada's Bobby Roode and Eric Young defeated Christopher Daniels and James Storm to win the NWA World Tag Team Championship. 12 years ago, the wrestler made its United States premiere at the New York Film Festival. Uh, though the movie uh, just made $44 million at the box office, uh, it would earn many honors, including the Golden Lion at the Venice Film Festival, an Academy Award nomination for Mickey Rourke, and an honor for Marissa Torme. Uh, the question uh, for that is, what was Mickey Rourke's character's wrestling name in the movie? Do you remember? No, either that or he's not there. So it's Randy uh, the Ram Robinson. Uh, we're going to go on to October 13th. 45 years ago today in New York City, Bruno Sammartino fought to drop with Allah for the WWF Championship when both men were deemed unable to continue due to excessive bleeding. 39 years ago today in Allentown, Pennsylvania, Mr. Fuji and Mr. Sato defeated Tony Gurria and Rick Martel to win the WWF Tag Team Championship. Uh, 30 years ago today, Ivan and Nikita Koloff defeated the Rock and Roll Express, Morton and Gibson, to win the NWA World Tag Team Championship. Uh, 28 years ago today, at a wrestling challenge taping in Regina, Saskatchewan, Canada, Money Inc., Ted DiBiase, and IRS defeated the Natural Disasters, Typhoon, and Earthquake to win the WWF Tag Team Championship. And 14 years ago today, the Marine starring John Zena opens in theaters and at the time was the most successful film for WWE Studios. Uh, it did make its budget back, which was a plus. Uh, plus a couple of bucks on top of that, uh, until the car call, uh, which was in 2013, uh, topped those numbers, uh, which is actually a good movie. If you've never seen the call, it's, uh, it's a really good movie. Uh, today would have been the 94th birthday of Edward Wadlaszlaw uh, Sputnik, uh, best known to wrestling fans as Killer Kowalski. Born to Polish immigrants in Windsor, Ontario, Canada, Kowalski majored in electrical engineering in college and worked at the Ford plant in Detroit to help pay his way, uh, getting paid just $50 a week. He began his career as Tarzan Kowalski in 47, but also wrestled as Hercules Kowalski, the Polish Apollo, and Killer Kowalski. One that stuck, he even legally changed his name to Walter Kowalski uh, in 1963. Uh, Kowalski's earliest record recorded mass in May 48, and by the end of the year, he was taking on my personal favorite, Orville Brown, for the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. Uh, he trained many now famous wrestlers and went into the WWE Hall of Fame in 2003 and passed away at the age of eight. October 14th. We got 29 years ago today in Providence, Rhode Island, Tito Santana defeated Rick Martel to win the 1989 King of the Ring tournament. Uh, 16 years ago today on Raw from Montreal, Chris Jericho and Christian defeated the Hurricane and Kane to win the WWE World Tag Team Championship. 
uh, nine years ago today, Louis Vincent Albano, a.k.a. Captain Albano, died of a heart attack in his home in Westchester County, New York. He was 76. And I do wonder, when he had his massive heart attack, did maybe, like, was it so bad that his elastics just popped right off his face? Uh, you know, I, I just wonder about those things. But he was born in July 29th, 1933, to Italian-American parents in Rome, Italy. Lou was a, one of nine children, four of whom died in adulthood. So uh, good for you, Captain Lou, sticking around. Uh, Alberto was a two-sport athlete in high school and was captain of the football team, which is how he got his nickname that would stick with him through his entire career. So... Uh, however, poor behavior and cheating on a final exam got him kicked out of college. Uh, he joined the army and was honorably discharged due to injury playing football. Uh, Lou tried boxing wrestling. And, and uh, Sean, you're there there? Yep. All right. So uh, here, here's a question. Um, when uh, Lou, when, uh, when he started as a baby phase, his nickname was A... Flying B B ball uh, C is Thunderball or D leaping. Let's go with Thunderball. Oh right, a Thunderball. I'm glad I made that one up. Uh, it was leaping, which is like I don't think he ever. <laughs> but uh, Lou switched to managing due to his limited wrestling skills. And he was mint on a microphone. Uh, Lou would leave the WWF in 86, but return briefly in 94. He would make many television and movie appearances in the 90s, including Mario on the Super Mario Brothers Super Show. Cameos in 227, Hey Dude, Miami Vice, and a recording spot on the 80s version of Hollywood Squares. Uh, he played a bad guy version of, of himself in the wrestling movie Body Slam, and has a role in had a role in Wise Guys. In addition to appearing in Girls Just Fun, Captain Lou would appear in three other Cindy Lauper music videos, and Cindy would write the foreword for Abano's uh, autobiography, often imitated and never duplicated, in 2008. Albano is a member of the WWE Hall of Fame class of '96, the Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame. Uh, 2009, and the Wrestling Observer Newsletter Hall of Fame, class of 2012. And, of course, he is a huge reason why the rock and roll um, wrestling era happened. So I want to throw that in because I don't see it in my notes. Uh, seven years ago today, WWE SmackDown surpasses Gunk for the second most episodes by a, a weekly episodic television series ever with um, 624 seven years ago so it's amazing that both raw and smackdown now have both done over a thousand episodes that's crazy um it's yep. a happy birthday for former wwe diva and wcw nitro girl turned dancer and actress stacy giebler uh stacy broke into the wrestling business 99 by earning a contest to become a wcw nitro girl in October 15th, not a whole lot happened, enough for me to uh, copy and paste and edit. So um, it is, though, October 15th. It's a happy 38th birthday to uh, Alipate uh, Fifita. 
Man, that's a hard one to say. Uh, best known to wrestling fans as Tama Tonga, who is the adopted son of Tonga Fata, uh, a.k.a. Haku and Ming. So happy birthday to you on this fine day. And that is all that is from the history of wrestling this week. Yeah, well, once again, a packed week. A lot of history to look uh, back on and uh, people passing and being uh, born. So, yeah, thank you once again for uh, putting that together for us. And that wraps up this week's uh, edition of the Scumbags Wrestling Podcast. Uh, last night, hopefully you joined us for Fantasy Warfare Tournament, where we uh, discovered, in our opinion, the greatest face turn of all times. And, uh, yeah, I'm not going to give a spoiler, but you can go back on our YouTube channel and uh, check that out. Next Wednesday, you'll be able to see us break down 16 guys who worked for WWE during the Hogan era and never had the gold. They might have been an Intercontinental Champion, but they never got near the world title uh, because Hogan was happily holding it for three-plus years uh, at a time or a year at a time uh, after he got back from Savage. So... Be sure to check out the greatest uh, wrestler to never hold the WWF title when we break that down next week. And uh, we'll be back also next week with a double uh, prediction show. Hopefully we'll have uh, people join us and we'll uh, look at the news. But until then, Chris, you got anything more? Uh, no, I do not. I have nothing. Okay. Well, on that note... Thank you, everybody, for joining us, and we'll see you again next week. 